Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It is 133 in Edmonton. Uh, we podcast each show by half-hour segments, so our Dave Tippett interview from hour number one is already up on podcast as we speak. I will tell you this, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Dave Tippett, Mark Spector so far today, Drew Remenda coming up in mere moments, but not before we circle back to our trivia question, which was brought to you by Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar, Eat, Drink, and Play. So in 1989-90, the Edmonton Oilers banged off a 15-2-2 run. This was after they had a very difficult, bad start to the season. Of course, they lost L.A., blown a 3-1 lead in the 89 playoffs, got off to a tough start. Jimmy Carson requested a trade, only played four games that season. Uh, Glenn Sather executed the deal that brought back Joe Murphy, Adam Graves, uh, Peter Klima. Uh, those three players would all be a huge part of the Oilers' run in 89-90. And after a three-game losing streak in November, the Oilers went 15-2-2. They just pumped the Montreal Canadiens. It was 6 nothing against Montreal through two periods. And I'll never forget, Edmonton went to go play Edmonton on December 31st. And a, a prominent hockey voice who became even more prominent over the last 30 years, like as big a guy as a pundit as there was in the business, said the Edmonton Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup. So what he said, he said, this team has won in the Stanley Cup. And that was the question, and the correct answer is who, Brendan Escott? Uh, Don Cherry, it was who we were looking for. So we had a lot of people uh, overthinking this one, but congratulations to Brian Kay here in Edmonton. He got it. All right, good job. As we go to our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, Drew Remenda. Hi, Drew. How you doing? Good, Robert. I think you threw people off with pundit when you okay. used pundit. I think okay. people were, oh, so some of them are thinking red, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm thinking 89-90 was the first year that I was uh, doing the Alberta Golden Bears. It was also the year I worked with Darren Detition on ITV on Sports Night. And at that time, yeah. that show was boy. it was huge. Yeah. Now, you were you in your last year of being an assistant coach with the Calgary Dinos at that, in 89-90? Does that sound about right? No, 90-91 was my last. Okay. So 88, 88, 89, 89, 90, 99, and 90, 91. 91, 91, 92, I went to San Jose. So uh, Calgary beat the Bears in the uh, playoffs in 89-90. You guys went off to the Nationals and spit the bit again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Bobby, honestly, still to this day, I can't get over that loss. Really? Yeah, we fly into Toronto, and Peter Fry's our goalie. um, And um, in 
a drill. We go right on the ice, get a little skate in that that afternoon, and Peter Fry gets hurt on a three-on-two drill and tears ligaments in his knee, so Grant McPhail goes in. And Grant played really well. Um, we're up 5-3 with a minute 23 left to go. And we lose the game six five, and that was the the the, uh, the first the first game, and so we're you know we're out of it. Five we had we had not given up a third period a third period lead my entire time in, in Calgary at the University of Calgary, and that loss still pisses me off to this day. <laughs> uh, and for the listeners that are unaware, your head coach later was an NHL head coach. Yeah, Willie Desjardins. Willie DeJardin was the the head coach. Yep. The Bears so used to when he played for Saskatchewan. Yep. They used to say, "Don't get silly with Willie." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't have much yeah, of a sense of humor back then, as I recall. No, no. He's still a pretty serious guy. <laughs> <laughs> we get along. We get along much better now than uh, when there was a twenty-four-year-old Bob Stoffer that uh, I, I I I know. Once I did. Uh, I did a thing when I was with the Gateway. I did the University of Calgary hockey entrance exam. Yeah. And it was like, connect the dots. And it was it was one dot to the other. And then it was, then it was word search. And there was only three letters. C-A-T. Oh, man. And, so, so they, and we put about 500 in the gateway, right, for when you guys came to town? Exactly, yeah. Oh, and he sees this site, and I'm like, oh, that's brother. Uh, th- three of these... Uh, Three of these books belong together. Uh, one of them doesn't. The three, uh, you know, the, the three books were yeah. War and Peace, War and Peace, War and Peace, and then the fourth one was the Unbearable Lightness. Like we couldn't have made it any. And it was just, oh man, it was, it was, oh, it was so juvenile. It was funny. I loved it. Uh, we did back in the day. Yeah, that's what you did. And uh, and the Bears won the '91 and lost seven two to UQTR. Uh, yeah. Danny Dubay was coaching UQTR. He now does color for the Canadians. And then yeah. the next year, Alberta played UQTR and beat them 9-1, and that was a team that Ian Herbers and Corey Cross were on. Those guys went on to play in the NHL, so that was a pretty good team. They beat uh, beat Colin Greger, that's Jason's older brother, in Acadia. Actually, Colin was suspended uh, for that uh, championship game in 1992. All right, we've we've bored everybody with our U Sports stories from back in the day. (laughs) Are, are Are you getting fired up? Are you getting geared up for the NHL? Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm, you know, to, to be honest, it's been, it's been, uh, way more difficult than I thought it was going to be as far as, um, and, 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 and listen, I mean, in comparison to what people have gone through, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying for, from a personal level, I thought, okay, well, we'll just get out when we get out, we get out when we get out, but not knowing and, and, and wondering what's going on and what, what's happening and those things, um, just for, for guys like, well, you more than me, I mean, you live, you live this sport way more than I do, but even uh, just finally getting an idea of seeing some hockey coming back and, you know, I've been watching the DEL league and online i've been watching khl online um finally getting the nhl back is is going to be a, a welcome respite from as you said one day uh, it was a couple of weeks ago um from the virus which is which is the enemy you know the, the, the virus is the enemy in all of this um so this is going to be very very welcome i can't wait to see it uh, the Oilers are going to bring in a Devin Shore. Uh, you know, they've added uh, Yamamoto got recalled a year ago today. They brought Ennis back, who they acquired in a trade. They signed Dominic Cahoon. They bring Poliarvi back. They signed Kyle Turris at center. Now they've got Shore. Is this a completely different team up front than a year ago, Drew? 100%. It's a completely different team, period. I mean, when you, when you look at 
Like Ken Holland is, is such a good general manager, and you can understand why Detroit was in a position of being dominant all those years when Kenny was at the helm. They're a very good team, obviously, but you can see how Ken is building, and he's and you can see how smart he is in his approach and in the entire hockey operations. They've done a great job. I think it's really interesting when you look at you, Mark. We're talking about it. You you, you get to talk about okay, well, who do we put here? Who do we put there? You know, do you put Ryan Nugent Hopkins with Connor McDavid? I I I. And we talked about this last time. I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, and Kyler, Kyler Yamamoto should be together. Because, again, I can't remember the stat, but we talked about this last time. You mentioned that to me after they lost to Chicago, that how dominant those three guys were when they were put together after Kyler Yamamoto came in. So I think I think that's what you do. But you look, you know, if you've got nice problems when you're wondering, okay, where do you put Yessi Pugliarvi? Do we put him with Kyle Turris? And, and, or do we, do we move James Neal up? Or do you have Zach Cassian move up? You've got some nice problems to try to solve if you're Dave Tippett and that coaching staff and, and Kenny Holland. I think it's interesting though what you and Mark were talking about, Bob, was when you're talking about the team needing to be better five-on-five. Five. And Dave, Dave said that to you. Right. And I'm and I'm wondering, you know, when you when you draw the comparison to the team being better five on five, and then Kyler Yamamoto getting the call up. If you talk to Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson in in Bakersfield, what did they work on with Kyler Yamamoto? You know what they worked on with him? Everything but scoring, because they knew. He's got that gift. He's got that ability. He's going to be able to put the puck in the net. They worked on every other aspect of the game with Kyler Yamamoto in order to make him a complete player, a better five-on-five player, or a better player. He's not just a one-dimensional. He's an offensive guy. And I think when you look at overall that team, and, and you know Dave talked about it with you, is that that's what you, that's what they're going to do with with that forward group with with the entire team is make them a better. When you, when you say five on five, it means you've got to be able to play on both both ends of the ice, or you've got to play both sides of the puck, whatever you want to call it. You've just got to be more engaged when you don't have the puck. Well, and and also you got to manage the puck better when you have it. And yes, you let your offensive guys go. But I mean, the one thing that you talk about watching online, I watched the first four games Bakersfield played last season, and I was like, and you know, I was saying this, and you know, I would say this. Uh-huh. I, was, I was like, why is Yamamoto not here? Like four games into the season, I was like, why is Yamamoto not here? He's better than six or seven forwards we have in Edmonton right now. Like, he's quick on pucks. He's competitive. He's winning puck battles. He's getting underneath the guys. You know, Todd McClellan would talk about playing inside a guy's equipment or whatever. Well, that's what he was doing. And, you know, we're sitting there watching some guys that, you know, were basically spot fillers. And it was just like, and the team wasn't quick enough. And I'm looking at the options. And, you know what? Yes, the owners will have better defensive awareness. I think they'll be able to transition the puck better with the addition of a guy like Perry on the back end and the growth of Jones. But I also think they'll be able to possess it more in the offensive zone and spend more time and not have to be as reliant on special teams as a result, Drew. Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter, whenever you talk about Daryl Sutter, whenever you ask him about playing better defensive hockey, he goes, yeah, but that doesn't mean you have to play in your zone. Yeah. Better defensive hockey means playing from the red line in on their zone. That's better defensive hockey, and you're absolutely right. Uh, and I, I think you can't really also 
uh, undervalue the job that Dave Tippett and his coaching staff did last year. He, he, but Dave also, I loved about Dave at the end of the playoffs or the end of the, the, the loss to Chicago. When, when he looked back on it, he said, first thing, we overachieved during the season, which is what you want. As a, as a team, you want you want to have your guys overachieve. That's, that's great coaching. You're getting them to that to a new level. Even you're surprised at. But um, they underachieved, as Dave said, during the, the plan. So that part, they'll remedy. They'll, they'll, they'll be a more consistent team. But as you said, the way that they have to be a more consistent team is to manage the puck better, not rely on the power play, play in their end, possess the puck more, exit the zone more, all those little nauseating details we always talk about and we sound like we're throwing the, the cliches out but the reason they're the cliches is because they, they have been around and they work for so long you have to keep talking about the things that get the job done in the long run that lead to winning Drew, just speaking about Daryl Sutter for a second you were with the Sharks yeah. when they blew the 3 nothing yeah. first round lead to uh, LA, could you see that yeah. coming during that series or were you surprised LA was able to work their way back in it and win the series back after game 5 after yeah. game five, I saw it. Yeah, I went to uh, Sean Madison, who's a who was a producer, a great, great guy, fantastic person. Um, he comes down the hallway after the game, and um, I was just down in the LA dressing room, you know, getting getting some, just listening and everything else. And he came to me and he said, "What do you think?" And I said, "It's effing over." And went, oh yeah, we're going to win game six. I went, "No, no, 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 it's over." And he goes, "What are you talking about? It's a three-two review." I went, "Sean." It's over. I guarantee it. Did you look in the eye? Did you look in their eyes? And it was it was something that Drew Doughty said to me. But Drew Doughty said it before Game Four when you're up three nothing. We're in the, we're in, the, we're in L.A. And um, I said to Drew, and I kind of knew him from from Jared Stoll's golf tournament a little bit. So right. it was just a little conversation him and I. And I said, I said, so what do you think? And he goes, Oh, we're winning this series. And I looked and I said, You mean the game? And he went, No, no, no. We're winning this series. He goes, I guarantee you, we win tonight. He said. Watch out. He, goes, he said, I've never been so confident about winning a series in my life. I went, wait, you're down 3 nothing. You guys haven't even been in it. Your goaltender's been terrible. He goes, we're winning this series. And after game five, and I was, I was inside the glass on, on those games because um, we did games for NBC, you could, Bobby, you can, you can see it. You know, you know I love the fight game. I love boxing. I love, yep. I love UFC. And you can see in, in a UFC fight, you can see in a boxing match when your, the opponent has lost his will. You can see it. You, 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 you know the moment. You, if, you, if you watch it at any time, you, oh, he broke him. In game five, L.A. broke San Jose. You could see it. It's funny because uh, in the Stanley Cup final, Edmonton against Carolina, I had bought a coffee for Chris Pronger. He was behind me yeah. in his truck uh, in a, I'll just say, in a Southwest Starbucks, okay? And we, Kathy, we, we just had Hudson. And so he honks at me behind me because he sees me, right? Right? And he's got that loud shirt on it. I'm like, yeah. And I, I'm, so I bought the coffee and drove off and didn't say anything. This was in between game three and game four. Well, they lose game four at home. I was like 2-1. Or three one was the final score for Carolina, and it's we go into the room after the game, and he comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, that was really cool. Thanks for buying the coffee." This is after they've just <laughs> fallen down three to one in the Stanley Cup final, and I'm like, "Okay," and he goes, "What?" We'll be back here for game six. So we yeah. go to Carolina for game five, and uh, Pisani scores in overtime, and we're leaning we're leaning into the scrum to scrum Pisani. 
and I'm leaning and in the scrum, and I'm I'm not in the perfect position. I'm you know like a Gene Principe would be in the perfect position, right? Exactly. I, I, I wasn't in the perfect position. I was leaning in, and suddenly I got a little chop across my Achilles tendon as I was leaning, <laughs> and he just looked at me and goes, "Told you." And just kept on, just kept on walking, like, yeah. like you know what? Like it was. I mean, he and, and I'm thinking, who think like who is that? But you know, he he was a multi, he's a multi layered thinker, right? So he's the type of guy that would remember something. It's it's just funny, right? Like it just, I'm thinking, wow. But uh, hey, circling. Speaking of defense, how big yeah. of a loss is Clefbaum going to be? And have the Oilers done enough to potentially offset that loss? With uh, you know the steps that Jones made during the course of the back half of last season, signing Barry and now signing Cuckoo. I don't know if you can you know you can replace a guy like uh, like uh, Oscar. Oscar's um, he is such a valuable guy both in and out uh, of the dressing room. He's just he's just that one. He's one of those guys, and you love him on your team, and you like love him around. You love his attitude. So you're not going to be able to replace him. But let's remember they also signed Tyson Barry in the off season, which is. Phenomenal move. Tyson Berry has got a ton of offensive upside, and I think he's going to flourish in Edmonton. Um, it's just, it's just, and, and especially the way that Dave Tippett and Jimmy Playfair coach. Uh, well, like always, but Jimmy handling defense, I think that that's, that's going to really going to help Tyson. Um, I, I can't talk enough about Ethan Bear, and you guys talked about it with Mark. You and Mark talked about it. Ethan Bear is is so mature beyond his years, and the way he approaches the game is is ridiculous as far as how focused he is and how in the moment he always seems to be, and he's fantastic. I'm looking for a bounce from from Darnell. I, again, biased. I love Darnell. Love the kid. I think he's one of the coolest kids I've ever met, and I, I think he's got a ton of game in him, and he's going to be a little bit more in control. But I like Caleb Jones. I like Chris Russell. I think Adam Larson's going to have a bounce back. He knows he's going to have a bounce back, and he's going to be more physical. Cuckoo's a really good pickup. Cuckoo's got some got some jam to him, man. That's a good pickup. He's going to be a good seven guy sitting there. I mean, I, was it last year or was it last year or two years ago? I think it was last year where Matt Martin went after Patrick Kane, and who went after Matt Martin? Cuckoo jumped in there. You know, so so I, I like that kid. I think he's I think he's going to be a big help. I think that they have. Now I'm, I'm really upbeat and positive about this Oilers team. I think that Ken's done a really good job. Ken Holmes done a really good job as making them a, a, a better. You can just see. You can look at the names and you see what they've done in their careers and you look at the mix now that's there. I think Ken's done a really good job of making this a better hockey team than they were last year. Drew, will the Oilers compete for top spot in the North Division? Yes. Yes, they will. 100%. You have to think what Toronto's probably the favorite, right? Toronto's the favorite uh, as far as yeah, yes, according to all the, the yes, a lot of the yeah. Easter media, yeah. yes. Montreal is going to surprise people. Montreal's done some really nice work, and, and they, they put together a team, but I still think they're a little bit undersized, and I, I still, still don't. I still don't completely trust that team uh, defensively. But then after I look at everybody else, I'm, I'm looking at that in, in comparison, the Edmonton Oilers should be competing for the top in the Northern Division. Should be, without a, to me, without a doubt. They've got the two best players in the National Hockey League, in Leon and, and Connor. They have got a good young defense. They've got a team that's got a nice little mix, and they're a hell of a lot deeper, and you've said it I don't know how many times in the last number of weeks. They're a hell of a lot deeper at forward position than they've been in a long, long time. 8,316 times. By the way, uh, speaking of 16, <laughs> final question for Drew Remender from NHL Hockey and Rogers. What was the worst beatdown you ever got as a player or a coach? 
What's the worst loss? And you guys had some tough ones. The 13-1 to Calgary. We scored the first goal on the power play. Johan Garpin allowed them. They scored the next 13 unanswered. Theron Fleury was plus nine that game. Um, and uh, Jeff Reese had three assists. When you think of yourself, well, so what? He's had three assists in a 13-1 game. Yeah, he's a goalie. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Stern, <laughs> Ronnie Stern had a hat trick, and then and then the next night we roll into Edmonton and they beat us six nothing, and that we tied the record there. We tied the record most losses in a row, and it was seventeen, and and we come <laughs> we come off the ice and we're sitting in the old, in the old coach's room and I'm shaking my head. Bob Murdoch, I love Bob Murdoch. God, what a great man. He goes, what do you think? And I went, I I don't know, Bob. I don't have any answers anymore. I don't have a freaking clue. And he goes, that's great coaching. So what are you talking about? We just lost six nothing. He goes, Yeah, we cut our goals and goals against in half. It was thirteen one last night. So <laughs> you had to keep your sense of humor back in those days, babe. <laughs> All right, awesome stuff, Drew. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. Happy uh, Happy New Year, okay? Same to you, pal. You know, I, I love talking to you, and, and I love listening. So you're doing a great job as usual, my friend. Uh flattery. I'll send you that twenty dollar bill when I see you the next time, okay? <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, that works for me. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> One of these days we'll see each other again. That's Drew Remender from NHL Hockey on Rogers. As we uh, wrap things up here in the final three minutes of the show, uh, we will start with the Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back to the 630 Chat Studios, Brendan Escott. All right, well, we're, uh, we know that Philip Broberg missed Sweden's game at the World Juniors yesterday, a minor injury that we could have played if need be. He will be back against Russia uh, tomorrow. Dylan Holloway skating on Canada's top line at practice yesterday, so expect him to be full steam ahead against Switzerland after missing Canada's game against the Slovaks. The Allsvenskans still going on over in Sweden. Raphael Lavoie put up a goal and a helper in a 5-3 loss on Sunday for Vasby. Okay, and what do you got? I know uh, I mentioned uh, a year ago today, Yamamoto recalled. Oilers went 17-6-4 with him in the lineup. Uh, 89-90, the Oilers bombed uh, Montreal 6-2 to go to 15-2-2 in their last 19 games. They won the Cup five months later. What do you got for this day in Oilers history? Back in 1985, Craig McTavish took a penalty 48 seconds into the game. The Oilers ended up allowing the game's first goal just 75 seconds in, but they responded with four consecutive markers before before that first period was over, that was en route to a 5-3 win over the Canucks at Pacific Coliseum. Dave Hunter actually picked up two goals for Edmonton with uh, Grant Fear getting the win. Okay, uh, I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong here, Brendan, what we have shaking is uh, Angela Cocott today from 2-4, to four, uh, and then Reed Wilkins from 4-6, to six, and you actually have Inside Sports Night, is that correct? I got it all right. <laughs> I'm not hosting Reed's show. Reed's doing that too. Okay. But, uh, the rest of it's right. All right. So uh, that's our rundown tonight. Again, Reed will have uh, conversations coming up with uh, to, to, to Slater Cuckoo as well as Mark Latestu. I'm sure replay some clips there from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. I'd like to thank Dave, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta, Drew Remender for joining us today. Tomorrow. 
Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, NHL Insider John Shannon for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Up next, the global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.